This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other all about it. My name is Ancalagon the Black, and with me as always is my co-host, a CGI dragon voiced by Sean Connery. Does he have a name? Yes. What's his name? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, come on! What's the name of the dragon from Dragonheart? Sean Connery! There I, don't, you go. I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember. What is his name? Draco. No, Draco's the second one. No, yeah, that's... Ew. Uh, <laughs> ew. I saw the fourth one. Oh, God. That was rough. Yeah. That I, was a rough one. I think I saw that one, too, because I think it had Thames and Merchant in it, and I, when it came out, it had like a little crush yeah. on her. What was his name? I don't know. I think they just called him the dragon. No, yeah, he, had, he definitely had a name. Oh, it is Draco. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the name of the dragon in the second one? I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This week, we are diving into a book uh, that's a, a kind of a related topic. It is called Tea with the Black Dragon. Now, this is the second dragon book you've pulled this, out. This is the second dragon. I bought it from the same store. Oh, okay. At okay. the same time. All right. This cost me a buck fifty. Okay. Here's the cover. Wow. This is a really cool cover. It is. It's it's a, it's a dragon. He, he, he has a, so this is less the European idea of dragon. This looks more like a Chinese dragon almost. You're exactly right. Is it a Chinese imperial dragon? Okay. Yeah. So it's, he, he's got a little teacup in his hand and he's like flipping through a book with his tail. He has a head that looks like a, like a fucking, like a cow or a buffalo almost. It's a little weird. Yeah. He's hairy. A bit of a frog body. Yeah. So the reason I picked up this book, uh, it's by R.A. McAvoy uh, and is published by uh, Bantam Books, copyright 1983. Wow, okay. 83. The reason I picked this book up uh, is that it says on the back, I'm going to read this to you verbatim, this is a deft blend of the oldest of magics in a dragon and the newest of sorceries in computers. I thoroughly enjoyed it by Anne McCaffrey. <laughs> so this, uh, this person who gave this quote, Anne McCaffrey, uh, McCaffrey, excuse me. Okay. Uh, Anne McCaffrey is a fiction writer. Okay. A fantasy fiction writer who wrote a series called The Dragons of Pern, or The Dragon Riders of Pern, P-E-R-N. Okay. Which is a really popular fantasy series that ended a while ago. Um, I think she passed away in like 2011, something like that. But she was, she was writing those in like the 80s and everything. Um, so it's kind of one, of one of the things people look at as kind of the foundation for modern fantasy. I thought she knew what she was talking about. <laughs> okay. Spoiler alert. It's not a good book? No. Oh. That's fine, though. We need a fun one every now and then. So without further ado, let's dive in to Tea with the Black Dragon. We start with Martha McNamara staring out at the Pacific Ocean and comparing it to the views she's used to of the Atlantic. (laughs) You know, this ocean, it looks like an ocean, but it doesn't look like that other ocean. That's pretty much her conclusion. She's like, she's like, I mean, it's all the ocean, but this just looks different. How? Is there an explanation there? What? Because I, I don't personally know. I've only looked at one ocean. So Generally I speaking, I think the Atlantic is a little more choppy uh, than the Pacific. I okay. think the Pacific tends to be a little calmer. It does not give specifics. That's just my, from what I remember people saying. Right. Okay. Yeah. But she's like, it just, it just looks different. I, I think it, it reminds me of the time that I went from uh, Northwest PA and I flew to uh, California. Okay. And the architecture there was very, very similar in the, in the place that I was staying to Northwest PA, but everything was just a little bit off. Like the yeah. curbs were just a little bit different. The trees were a little bit different. The road signs, like everything was, it was the same because it was the same kind of suburb. 
There's just a little bit different. Right, Something right, was just right, wrong. Right. That's kind of how I, I, I picture this. She's waiting to meet with her daughter who uh, lives out here. She's in San Francisco. Okay. She had gotten a call from her daughter saying that she was in trouble. Her, her daughter was in trouble. And her daughter, Liz, paid for a flight and a hotel for Martha to stay at. As a side note, the entire book, I really wanted to make a Batman v Superman joke with Martha. Uh, with Martha. <laughs> so Martha had a, had a conversation with the bartender of the hotel that she was staying at, and he was nice enough, but uh, she was still anxious about her daughter. They were supposed to grab dinner tomorrow night, but Liz hadn't confirmed that with her. So normally it'd be like, hey, do you want to go grab dinner? Yeah, sure. Let's go. And then, hey, just double check and make sure we're good. Right. Uh, because Liz is very thorough, but she hadn't confirmed that second one. So Martha wasn't sure what was going on. She said she was in trouble and now she's not reaching her. Okay. Uh, we find out that this is very unusual. Liz is very punctual and very proper. Uh, she believes in a sense of propriety and hates that her mother doesn't care as much. Uh, we find out more about that later. There's actually some very interesting uh, relationship dynamics here. Okay. That night, we find Martha being introduced by the bartender to Mayland Long. Okay. Mayland Long is a man of Chinese descent who was educated at Oxford. So he speaks with a British accent. Okay. But he is Chinese. Mayland already knows of Martha. So they're being introduced by the bartender. Right. And Mayland says, uh, I have a 78 record in my room of you playing the violin. <laughs> That's a great intro. And this is where we are introduced to the fact that Liz plays the violin. Okay. And she had been a very successful tourist and performer and gave it up to raise her daughter. Right. Okay. Uh, which her daughter doesn't agree with. Her daughter thinks she should have continued her career because, because her daughter is into women's independence. So she resents the fact that uh, she was even born. Pretty much. She said <laughs> she, the, the line is given. I don't think I wrote it down. The line is given that she said she would have rather been given to a nanny or been aborted. Wow. Okay. Then have her mother give up her career just for her. Right. But Maitland has one of her records and he identifies a specific piece that she recorded. And she's like, well, you couldn't possibly know it was me. And he's like, no, you did this, 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 this at this recording studio. And he's like, and she's like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Little, little creepy. Little bit, little bit. A <laughs> um, little eccentric, shall we say. There is so much small talk in this scene that mm -hmm. goes nowhere. <laughs> I immediately, I, I looked at it. It's like a page and a half of nothing. Oh man. Out of, oh, and I forgot to say at the beginning, it's 166 pages. So relatively oh, okay. small book, but, but oof, okay. page and a half of just, nonsense yeah uh, we find out that malin doesn't play music but he does appreciate art um she comments on his hands saying uh when they because they shake hands when they're introduced okay. and she's like you you could totally spin an octave on a keyboard you have to be like a piano player and he's like no I, I don't really play an instrument i just appreciate good music just a side note mm -hmm. i can do an octave plus two notes nice so 10 i can do an octave they talk about the ballad of thomas the rhymer which they don't explain at all okay so i assume it's just a famous Peace, maybe. Pretty much, pretty much. I looked it up. Um, basically, it's a Scottish folktale where a, uh, a Scottish bard is taken to Elfland by the Elf Queen. Okay. Uh, has a wonderful time uh, and is then given the gift of a tongue which cannot lie. Is that a gift? <laughs> That's the way it's phrased in the poem and he okay. lives happily ever after. That doesn't seem like a gift to me. That's what they say because a bard at the time, uh, especially Thomas the Rhymer, uh, made very satirical poems and, and right. songs, and now he can't lie. They took away his one thing. That's where the story ends. So songs are like, the king is a shithead. He's so <laughs> stupid. One thing uh, that is, there's, there's a fucking flaw in that logic, though. Yeah. Once you go to the fey world, you cannot come back. That is, that is a thing. It is a thing, and it's a thing that they explain in the tale. 
but I don't okay. remember how they explained it. They're just like, she's the queen of the Fey realm, so she like hides him and protects him and takes him back. But but it but it's a time thing. Because the Fey world goes faster, so when you get back, you instantly die of old age. I yeah, she's the queen. I don't know. I don't know. Time things. <laughs> okay. It's weird. Look, I there's the 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 tale that I found, because again, they don't explain any of this. Right. Uh, in the book. But the tale that I found, there were six different variations. And it was like, in, in A, it does this, in B, it does this, in C, it does this, and then this happens, and in A, it does this, and B, it does this. So I'm okay. a little confused. I didn't read the whole thing because I felt like I shouldn't have to to right, understand right. part of this book. Exactly. <laughs> so they continue talking about Thomas the Rhymer, they, and Malin says, uh, by the way, do you know the true version of the tale? What happened afterwards, after he came back? Okay. He found out that he had a son in the Fey realm. Because apparently he had a really good time with the queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you not? Okay. All right. So he goes back to Elfland after finding out that he had a son with the queen. And his son is the one who told me the story. Told who? Told Mayland. Okay. The, the original the, the son ending of the story. born in the Feyland. Yep. Is the one told who told Malin. Okay. Now this story is circa 12 to 1300. So Malin's pretty fucking old. Allegedly. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Martha says, oh, that's weird, and moves on. What? <laughs> okay. Maybe she's like us. Or it's just like, all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> whatever. I, it doesn't give you any insight into her inner thoughts, but the next thing she does is excuse herself and say she's really jet lagged. So I'm inferring <laughs> that she's using that as an excuse to say maybe she hadn't understood the <laughs> Excuse me, I need to get the fuck out of here, away from you. Exactly. But, <laughs> but it doesn't say that. Right. That's just me giving the author credit. Uh, so she says she's still jet lagged and Malin asks her to dinner tomorrow. Uh, she says she has plans with her daughter tomorrow, but we'll see what we can do. Um, she does have to get up at five to practice Zazen. Okay. That's all we get. I don't know what Zazen is. I Googled it again. Okay. <laughs> Zazen is the sort of uh, sitting meditation practiced by monks and yoga enthusiasts. The uh, full lotus position, so clearing your mind. Meditation. Yeah. But it's a specific style. Fuck off. Yep. <laughs> Just say you're meditating. Yeah. So so the first date yes. was I, I listen to your music all the time. Uh-huh. And I'm seven hundred years old. Yes. At least. Yes. So <laughs> he's he's smooth. That he's about a smooth does operator. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he really knows. He's a he's a charmer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> As she walks back to her room, the bartender who had introduced them catches up to her and he says, he gets a name, but I'm not giving him a name. Okay. He says, hey, just so you know, Malin's really, really nice, but he's a little weird. Like, I thought he was really dry at first, but then I realized everything he says has, like, a pun to it. And, like, once you pick that up, it's kind of fun. That's the bartender saying this. So okay. I didn't notice any of that. Okay. Um, but when he gets drunk, he also says that he's a dragon. Like, an actual dragon. <laughs> okay. I, I kind of guessed that from the 700 well, yeah, I mean, years. It's, it's totally set up. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 the reader has more insight into what's right. going on than, um, did I ever tell you that I could fuck a pretty fire? Well, on top of that, a while ago, a junkie was found dead outside his room. He claims not to know anything about it, but the junkie's neck was snapped and there was no other sign of injury. Uh, it was ruled that he fell. Okay. And Martha's like, oh, weird. Okay. And goes back to her room. Uh, okay. Well, why, why would a, oh God. I, I, assuming he did do that, why the fuck would he just kill somebody? 
right. I, w- I would assume he'd eat them, maybe. Right, exactly, or do something. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, so a junkie is found dead with a snapped neck outside of his room. He he claims to not know anything about it. Right. Um, he, he claims that he was asleep when it happened, and, and there's no evidence to the contrary. So, <laughs> okay, so... Hey, I'm 700 years old. Let's get together tomorrow night. Bartender's like, hey, he's kind of weird. Says he's a dragon. There was a dead guy outside of his room the one time. So that's cool. We're, we're yeah. still on for tomorrow night. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. weird. Okay. So at this point, what I'm thinking is, oh, no, I picked another book about a heroin dealer yes, yes. and a dragon. The, the, I was going to say it has flavors of that. Yeah. Yeah. This is very much like tracing the, chasing the dragon. I'm going to lay those fears aside. It okay. is completely different. That's good. Yes. We cut to Mayland in an elevator. Uh, he's going to his room, and he's reminiscing about the night. He could sense something in Martha that he'd been waiting for. The Tau. 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 Uh, T-A-O. I've heard that term, but I don't know what it is. Yep, same. He remembers his old teacher towards the end of his day saying, before you find yourself, you will lose your chi, but your answer lies across the, uh, across the ocean. Go and find what you seek. So he is going to find the answer that he is looking for. But he's going to lose everything in himself, okay. including his chi. This is Full Metal Alchemist. It's also not explained at all. Okay. I'm trying to piece this together because there are facts that change in this story. And I'm, I'm trying to make sense of what we have as we get it. And I don't mean that facts change like we learn new information. I mean, facts change like <laughs> they, they, they're just wrong. They're okay. Yeah. They're, they're we'll, stated we'll mention one, one big one specifically. Okay. Okay. The next day, we find Martha wandering around a restaurant in the hotel. Uh, and the maitre d' asks her to follow him. Uh, she is brought to a private room called the Crystal Room. Okay. You get a lot of good energies in there. Yeah, exactly. To recharge yourself. Exactly. Communicate with things. Everything <laughs> is made out of crystal. The glasses, the plates, the silverware. Maybe not the silverware. I don't remember. But uh, it's, it's all decorated in crystal. And this is Malin's private room. Okay. Uh, dude's loaded. He's drunk? No. No, he's, he's got, got all, all the, the cash in the world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Malin Long is sitting and they dine together. It specifically also says that Martha uh, says she'll take the lobster because whenever yeah. anyone's paying, she always takes the lobster. And then Mayland orders something that's not on the menu. It's like Atlanta Cod. It's literally like a junkie with his neck snapped, comes wheeled in, and he starts <laughs> digging in. <laughs> Ooh, delicious. Malin says it's wonderful that she could join him. And Martha says, well, it's unlikely as not to confirm. And I haven't been able to reach her. This is so unusual for her. Uh, we find out a bit more about their history. Um, this is where we find out that Liz believes in independence for women to the point where she hates me for giving up my music career to raise her. Uh, they talk about more random topics and Martha comments on Bodhidharma. Bodhidharma was a monk who sat and stared at a wall for like nine years to find enlightenment <laughs> and is credited. It, you laugh. This is a true story. Okay, allegedly. Okay. And he is credited as being the, uh, the transmitter of Buddhism into China. Oh, okay. Who's the one who brought Buddhism into China. He looked at a wall for nine years. Looked at a wall for nine years to find enlightenment or something. I had to look that up too because they don't explain that either. Are you sure he wasn't stoned? <laughs> I mean, it was China. He probably was, right? It all that opium. Maybe or else he's like, God damn it. I wish this was a television right now. <laughs> this is circa 600. 600. Yeah. Wow. Back then that was, that was the exciting thing to do was stare at a wall. <laughs> Jesus. Stare at a wall and die from infectious diseases. Yeah. Malin says, yeah, I used to watch him sit there hoping to be noticed by him. Dude, shut the fuck up. It was wild. He's just, he's not even trying. He's no. just like shoving it in people's faces. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm a dragon. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm, a dragon. I, I, hey. I'm, I'm immortal. I tell you, I'm a dragon. I've been around for a long time. Uh, Martha doesn't comment. Of course she doesn't. Nope. I don't know if I would either. 
other than to tell him to shut the fuck up. I mean, he's paying, so I don't want to say anything. That's true. You don't, you don't want to offend your, your I have host. To pay for the lobster. Yeah. The conversation then turns back to Liz. Uh, where does she live? What does she do? Martha doesn't have her new address. Liz hadn't given it to her yet, but she works for FSS, financial system software. Okay. She's a computer designer, uh, a, a programmer. Right. Or at least she used to, but Martha called them and was told that no one by that name worked there. Malin uh, swears that he'll help Martha find Liz and the two retire. Malin goes to his room and pulls a uh, list of books off of his shelves. Uh, Martha goes to her room and undresses and it mentions that she's naked and then it cuts away. <laughs> That's usually what follows undressing. Yeah. Is you're naked. Yeah. But there's no like, <laughs> they mention the fact that she's naked, but they don't mention the fact that she goes to bed, that she goes into pajamas usually just the chapter ends yeah usually it's a fact that informs another event or Uh something yeah or it's like oh that's important because then this happens Uh uh-huh doesn't come up no nope we just event abrupt cut mailing goes to his shelves uh, pulls books off of the shelves there's like five different computer analyst books and he proceeds to read fuck off just fuck off he's not going to become an expert in programming overnight or is he no or is he he is Proceed. The next day, Martha accompanies Malin up to his room uh, and sees a small statue of a dragon holding a teacup and using its tail to hold a book in front of its face. Okay. It's the, like the, the picture cover. Of the cover. Yeah. So that's a statue. It's not him. Correct. Okay. She comments on it and Malin says, oh, it's Oolong as he hands her some tea. Hmm. And she's like, well, okay, but what about the statue? He says, no, no, no. It's Oolong. The statue's name is Oolong. And she's like, is that the name of the statue or like the creator or the dragon? Yeah. And he's like, yes. It's, a, it's actually a pig man from Dragon Ball. Apparently. <laughs> We're all Oolong. Everyone is Oolong. I mean, Oolong from Dragon Ball could look like anything he wants. So it's true. It could be Oolong. It's true. It's true. They go out uh, on the town and try to find Liz. They stop at a computer shop where they meet a man named Fred Frisch. I assume that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Who was a student at Stanford when Liz studied there. What a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, he tells them that she used to work as a teaching assistant to Professor Carlo Peccolo in college. We got Oolong and Peccolo. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put that together until now. It's, it's P-E-C-C-O-L-O. Right, right. But it's still close enough. And maybe, maybe, maybe Carlo knows where Liz went. They drive to Professor Peccolo's and he says that the last time he'd heard from her was over a year ago uh, when she was considering leaving her job at FSS and going full consultant. So he, he said he advised against it because she didn't have a client base. Right. But he got the feeling she was going to go ahead with it anyway. Okay. So there's also a moment here that I didn't write down because I hated it. Okay. Where when they're at the computer shop with Fred Frisch, they walk in and Mayland hands Martha a remote and says, speak into it, say, go forward. Okay. And there's a little car on the, on the ground. And she's like, you're just treating me like the butt of a joke. Man, this isn't going to do anything. And she says, go forward. And the car starts driving forward. It's like why, a voice activated. Yeah, why control. wouldn't it? She then is so amused by that car that when Malin is talking to Fred about everything and learning about Professor Carlo and the fact that they went to Stanford together. Yeah. She's zoned out of the conversation. She okay. is not paying attention in the slightest. What's distracting her? The car. In the shop? In the shop. The little car that she's driving around in the shop. <sighs> They are trying to find her daughter. Yeah, she's just a fucking child now. Yes. She's like, oh, yeah, it, it this is no fine. Sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Right. It, like, it, it doesn't actually serve a purpose. No. It's, uh, I would guess it's, you're supposed to like the character for that. 
Because it's funny. Maybe. 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 But then they get back into the car and she's like, he he went to Stanford, didn't he? And Malin's like, how did you know? And she's like, well, because he's blonde and hot like everyone else who goes to Stanford. Fuck off. No. And he's like, oh, you didn't actually hear when I said he went to Stanford? And she's like, no. Oh, my God. What are you even doing there? Yeah. Why like, even there? Is she an adult <laughs> person? There, maybe. Uh, she just screams dumbass to me. Yeah. She's like, this ocean looks different. I'm going to have a second date with a 700-year-old murderer. I'm going to play with this car (laughs) while this stranger looks for my daughter. Alleged murderer. Alleged murderer. And the murderer is looking for her daughter. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Professor Peccolo had advised Liz not to go into consulting. Um, They go to a tea shop to regroup and talk about what they learn. Uh, Malin asks why Martha won't go to the police yet. And she says, well, because Liz is spiteful. Uh, one time when she was little, this is Liz. One time when Liz was little, the police found her on the side of the road around the corner from her house. She was like walking home. The police found her and they thought she was lost because when they asked her where she lived and where she was going, she refused to answer. Fuck the pigs. Uh huh. (laughs) So they took her to the police station and she still refused to say anything. So they're like, we got a lost kid. She's not telling us anything. Right. We have to take her with us. We can't just leave her here. Martha only found out. Because Liz didn't come home for dinner, and eventually she called the police and said, hey, my daughter's missing. Right. Oh, she's here with us. She's not telling us anything. She says that the only reason Liz did that is because it was that none of their business where she lived. Can Can I point out that that is still way more helpful than what you're doing? Like, call the police, have them get her, and then just check in with the police, see if they have her. Right. That would literally solve your problem. Right. It doesn't matter how your daughter feels about it or what she says or does. (laughs) Right. Okay. Apparently, Liz never forgave the police. Okay. For picking her up and asking her questions. Right. Yeah. Real horrible people there. Yeah. They're the last place that Martha will go for help. Well, it's not a, it's not about where she'll go for help though. You, you let them know she's missing and they look for her. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. There's also a line in here later that says, uh, I tried to let the police know, but they told me that they won't do anything for 24 hours. That's, uh, that's not true. It's not true. Yeah. That's, that's bullshit. It the is. 24, the first 24 hours of a missing person case, is the most important. Right. Any police officer will tell you that. Yeah. Anyone who's watched, uh, a 48 hours mystery knows yeah, exactly. that they, you, they hustle. For 48 hours. And then after that, it's kind of like on the back burner. Yeah. Like, I, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Anyway. I want to know where that trope started. That's a good question. Like, who the fuck started that shit? Yeah. Yeah. Probably something uh, from Hollywood for, for drama purposes, Probably. right? Like, Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. So, someone's like, I need help from the police. But then they're like, well, we need a reason for the police not to help her. Because right, then exactly. it would be over too quickly. Exactly. So we'll just throw that in. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. How many real life tragedies can be attributed to that misinformation? Oh my god, I don't want to know that Probably answer. Probably a lot. A lot. A lot. People are like, I can't call you can't call until yeah. it's twenty four hours later. Fuck. Twenty four hours from when? From when you realize they're missing? From when they disappeared? From when they left your sight? Yeah. When, when does that twenty four hours start? Malin then says, I will help you find your daughter, and Martha accepts his help gratefully. Even though they'd already said that last night and he'd been doing it. Yeah. yeah. I and, on, and it's it's a waste of words. Plus, you said they went to a, like the, the, to have a cup of tea to discuss what they had learned, which was basically nothing. Yeah, and also she was there when he was learning it. Uh-huh. Like she could have just paid attention. Yeah, but no, she didn't. <laughs> um, I don't recall her. I don't think she was distracted in the meeting with the professor. I think she was conscious for that one. She was conscious. I, that's the phrase that I'm using. 
Um, <laughs> but with the computer guy, she wasn't. They drive back to the uh, parking garage near the hotel. Okay. And they park a little bit further away, so they're walking from the garage to the hotel. Yeah. And uh, Martha steps off a curb. A bus comes in front of her. Okay. And Malin, when the bus pulls away, Malin can't find her anymore. She's gone. Okay. She she pulled like a vanishing act from any given thriller movie where somebody's chasing somebody else. Why? He goes to her room. She's not there. She, he goes to the front desk. She hasn't like closed her tab or anything like that. She's just vanished. She probably got distracted by a fucking Hot Wheels rolling down the street. Maybe. And she's like, ooh, and she went to check that out. Maybe. Uh, so she, he is, uh, he, he's convinced she's missing now, but I got to wait 24 hours before, before I, I call the police. It. Oh man. Mr. Long wakes up the next morning. This is Malin, Malin Long. Yeah. Wakes up the next morning and recalls his conversation with the police that he had the night before. Okay. Because he called the police when she went missing. Good. Good Great. for him. Yeah. Uh, they had no reason to believe him. Uh, he basically said, Hey, this woman came to me and said her daughter was in trouble. I don't know either of them, but now she's missing too. Oh, okay. And they're yeah. like, did he just, did she, like, are you a creeper? And she just stiffed you? Like, what's yeah. Totally understandable. And he realizes that too. Right. He's okay. Like, there, he's there, there's no reason for them to believe me. I sound crazy. I'm 700 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't say that to him, did he? <laughs> no, nah, as far as I know, no. Okay. Um, he decides to continue his investig- investigation with Floyd Rasmussen, who I will refer to as Raz. Okay. Who is the founder of FF- FSS. Right. Financial Systems. Services, securities, whatever. For shit's sake. Founder of where Liz worked. He says that Liz was brilliant, way smarter than Carlo Peccolo. They also shake hands and it comments from Roz's perspective that Malin's hand just feels a bit weird. Okay. He's like, I'm used to shaking. In his inner monologue, he says, I'm used to shaking all kinds of hands. Some are loose. Some are like too firm. But this one just the shape feels wrong. He feels like he could give a good hand shot. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I listened to that blooper last night. That was hilarious. I forgot about that. So he shakes his hand and he's like, hmm, scaly, giant <laughs> talons that are digging into my flesh, cold, hmm. something off about this guy. Uh, but no, the hand just, just something feels wrong about it, but he looks at it and it's a normal hand. Okay. So there's more talk about Liz and how good she is in that she had helped Rasmussen design half of a security system for a bank. Okay. Which Malin finds kind of weird. Like, why would you only design half of it? Yeah, that's my question. Roz says something which I cannot further verify or deny, <laughs> but it sounds intriguing, which is that uh, a bank security system is often designed by two different people on two different sides of the country because that way no one person has complete access to the system. No, fuck. No, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> if you have two people designing anything, there's going to be inconsistencies and problems. Mm-hmm. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> Uh, why? Okay. If you have, let's say you have one person design a security system. Yeah. Somebody breaks in in a way that only someone with like very intimate knowledge of the system can do. Oh, you know who is. you know who did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you? Exactly. Oh my god. Okay. I I can see why they said that they do it this way. I don't believe that they actually do it this way. No, the because there's also no way that you can build a second half of a code without integrating it with the first half. Yeah. It's like I need to see the source code. Yeah. This is not going to work otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is just the author not even taking a second to think about what they wrote. Yeah. They're like, that sounds good. Let's move on. (laughs) This is a key plot point. No! Okay, whatever. (laughs) Okay, let's do this. Uh, So, 
Malin says that he's worried. He, he's trying to not arouse suspicion. So he's like, oh, uh, I mean, that's good. I'm glad she was that helpful. I'm looking for her to do something for me. And it's really time sensitive. So if you hear anything, like, let me know. Right. Um, doesn't say that she's actually missing or that her mother contacted him or anything like that. Rasmussen assures him. Uh, he says, don't worry, she'll turn up. Malin goes back to Friendly Computers, the store owned by Fred. Okay. Fredly Computers? Fredly Computers. He can, Fred confirms that, yes, it is usual for system programmers to only program half of a security system for a bank. Uh, after all, that seems prudent, right? <laughs> the author confirming the, hey, guys, guys, please clap. <laughs> we noticed something here about Oolong. I'm sorry, about Malin. Okay. There is a program playing on one of the computers, uh, like in the display, in the display cases, the program is called life. And I don't, oh, I actually know that. Do you? I took a programming class and I actually made that program. What do? Uh, okay. So it's, ju- you just program a set of rules for okay. a display and the display starts with, um, I mean, you could start it however you want. Mm-hmm. I think we had a specific shape we had to start with. And then according to the rules of the program. The display will have uh, pixels, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Each pixel, uh, as the program is, is running, each pixel has to check its neighbors, so the surrounding pixels. Mm-hmm. If there is a certain number of pixels, it will propagate into it like more. But if there's too many, then it will die. And then if you program this, if you, you set it up correctly, mm-hmm. it will run perpetually forever. I see. And it's, it's a simulation. It's the roughest simulation of life possible where it's like, there's just enough to propagate. There's too few. You can't, there's too many. It's overcrowded and you die. Right. That's, that's the idea. But then as you run the program, it's just, it's like this amorphous blob of pixels showing up and disappearing. That puts a lot into context of what the book said. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Cause here's what I got from the book. You click a pixel spawns, it grows, and eventually something hits it and it dies. Okay, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. But Malin says in his inner monologue that this time, this time he's not going to watch the cycle complete. This time he's going to save a life. And he pauses the simulation right before a pixel is going to hit another pixel and kill it. That doesn't save it though. You just stuck it in purgatory. Yes. It just exists. It doesn't grow or move or... That is correct. And... They continue that thought because after he leaves, we cut to Fred's perspective and it says that he walked over, he sees somebody paused uh, life. So he hits continue and watches the pixel disappear. And it says the phrase, no one who watched cared. Huh? Yeah. It's kind of, kind of a statement on how, uh, there, there can be this tragedy that affects you, but the universe doesn't care. It just moves along. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very self-aware in that, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And that was really, really cool. I liked that. Huh. We then cut to Mayland outside of Rostec, okay. which is uh, a company owned by Rasmussen, which they also call FSS, but it's Rostec. Yeah, I thought those were separate. So I think this is one of the inconsistencies, or I missed something, but <laughs> okay. this is like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Right. Because <laughs> this, is, this is the place where she's supposed to be working. But they're not calling it, calling it Rostec. But they're not calling it Rostec, they're calling it FSS. But now we cut to outside Rostec. The book calls it Rostec. So I don't know if that's an inconsistency or if, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good it, answer. It implies that he is outside her workplace. Right. Maybe FSS is a sector of Rostec. Could be. Complex. Could be. Maybe. It, it could be. Um, he has a lot of different companies that he's built over the years. Right. Okay. It could be something like that. He is watching uh, for Rosman. He wants to follow him home uh, and find out a little more about him. 
Uh, but as he watches, a, a tall blonde woman walks out. Ooh. Who looks a lot like Martha, but younger. Uh, okay. So maybe her daughter. Gotta be Liz. Yeah. He follows her instead because this is a much. I don't really like Mei Long. He's just. You made the same mistake I did. His and... name is not Mei Long. It is Mayland Long. And every single time I had to type his name, <laughs> I typed Mei Long. Calling, every single time. I'm calling him Mei Long. Hashtag like Mei Long. Yeah, hashtag Mei Long. He's a fucking creep. He needs to stop. This is my favorite part of the book. Okay. <laughs> Second favorite part of the book. Uh, so uh, he starts following her. Uh, but she looks she looks distressed as she's walking out. She's yeah, because somebody's anxious. following her. This is before, before he starts following her. Okay. As she's walking out of the building. Um, she looks distressed, anxious, and, con- and very, very concerned. Um, so he starts to follow her. We change to her perspective. This is Liz. Right. We find out it's Liz. Yay. Okay. She walks through her door. She closes it. She changes out of her suit. No mention that she's naked. And she pours herself a shot. Okay. And she hears something behind her. And she follows her first instinct, which is to throw the bottle of scotch at the noise. That's a waste of scotch. Maylong catches it without issue. She freaks out. And he says, don't worry, don't worry. I'm not the enemy here. <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm going to follow some lady into her home. Uh-huh. And then if she attacks me, I'll be like, hey, hey, hey it's not me you got to worry about. Okay. Just see how that, how that plays out. Exactly. You can also do this next part too. Okay. She's like, how did you get in here? Uh, he introduces himself. He says, My name is Malin Long. She okay. says, how did you get in here? And he says he climbed in through the window. <laughs> and there's a funny interaction here. Okay. Because she's on the second floor. Okay. She says. That's impossible. And he says, I mean, I'm standing here. Yeah. What do you, I mean, the, what do you, you want have a ladder? I mean, I don't know. But just the fact that like some guy comes in, breaks into your house. Yeah. You ask how he got there. He's like, I climbed through the window. You're like, no, you didn't. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I guess I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I have no reason to lie to you. He says that he was helping her mother and she sighs in relief. She says, oh, good. Uh, they that, said that totally makes you breaking into my home. Okay. That's not the reason for her sighing in relief. Okay. The reason for sighing in relief is that they said that they were going to kill Martha. But since she's with you, I know that's a lie. Okay. Malin says, oh, she's not with me. She disappeared yesterday. So they are probably going to kill her. Okay. <laughs> People's skills are zero. Yeah. And also, zero. Why, why are they trusting him at all? I don't know. Why are they giving him time she has, to speak? Sh- there is something that's like, they go through a thing that's like, tell me something that only Martha would know about me. And I thought, oh, this would be a great opportunity to use that story about the police. Okay, yeah. That's not what they use. No? <laughs> no. She's just like, you hate your mother, you wish she stayed a musician. And he's like, and Martha, and Liz is like, you got that from Peccolo. I told him that. Yeah. And I told Roz that. Everybody knows that. And then he's like, says some other BS, and she's like, okay, I guess you're cool. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that would have been a perfect moment for the I- I'm saying, story. like, this is the one thing, the one thing that she told you about her daughter. Right. That she probably wouldn't tell a lot of people, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you went to Stanford, you worked with, or you went to college with Fred Frisch. So, and like I, public information, right? Yeah. Except <laughs> I think, I think the Fred Frisch part is the part that gets her. Because uh, she's like, you know what? There was somebody named Fred Frisch in my class. I don't remember him. Oh, uh, I'm doing Fred a little dirty here. Uh, dude has a rockin' mustache. Okay. Yeah. That's it. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Banging, rocking mustache. His mustache is banging people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he says, he says, who are they? He said, they were going to kill her. Right. Liz spills the details. She had designed half of, uh, so when she was working with Carlo Peccolo as his teacher's assistant, she had been doing all his work for him. 
because that's what you do when you're a professor with a teacher's assistant who's better than you. Right. You pawn everything off on them because you're a terrible person. He had gotten a, a call about a job designing a bank security system. Okay. So he had her design half of a bank security system. Okay. She did. She coded it to look like his work because different programmers have different styles. Yeah, totally. So she imitated his style, which she always did. Okay. Put his name on it and sent it off. Oh, okay. A little bit later, she goes to work for FSS. They get a call. Hey, we need somebody to design half a bank security system. Right. This is the second half. She tells Ross, hey, I designed the first half of this. I don't want to do this. Right. Ross says, we need the contract. And the fact that you told me about this means that I trust you to not do anything. Okay. So we're going to take this contract and you're going to do it. (laughs) Okay. So then after raising that concern, for some goddamn reason, she designs a little game in the program. What? What? Wait, wait. (laughs) Okay. That creates a dummy account. Okay. And transfers $1,000 from the bank's funds. Right. Into that dummy account a month. Okay. It's not stealing because it's still in the bank's account. Nobody's withdrawing it. It's just going there. And she did it as a practical joke. No. After raising those concerns about why she wouldn't be good to do that project because she worked on it. Now she's putting little things like that in it. Yeah. So she's being super professional and then not professional at all. Exactly. A minute later. Exactly. It gets better. Okay. She tells Roz about this. And Roz is like, that's hilarious. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) But what if you made it a little more than a thousand a month? No, it's this is money. You don't fuck around with money. These are numbers (laughs) that that correlates to money. Everything was well and good. It was hilarious in their own their own inner inner joke. Okay. Until some asshole named Threve. I'm sorry. T-H-R-E-V-E. His name is Threve. Which I am convinced is only his name because he is the third accomplice in this thing. And he was like, three, three, threeve, threeve, that works. What about Thurge? I like Thurge. I like that better. I, I like Thurge. No, threeve. Three. Threeve found this little program. This sounds like a Cafefe thing. It totally does. Threeve. Threeve. <laughs> he has a last name, but I don't remember what it is, like Johnson or something like that. Threeve Forv. <laughs> Brett Favre. Um, so three goes to Roz and says, hey, I see what you're doing here. Nobody's noticed. It's been X amount of time. Right. What if we just made a withdrawal? No. What if we just went to the bank and withdrew no. funds? I mean, it's a real account. It's set up under a name. So you can have Liz go to the bank, imitate the name of this person and, uh, and, and withdraw the funds and we'll have some fun. Yeah. Her name is all over it. Well, it's not. She used a fake name. She used her mom's name. No, she used a name as like Irma something. Oh. Yeah. So all she had to do was go to the bank, make a withdrawal as that fake person, and that's it. The funds were hers. Mm-hmm. So she did. And they split the money. They had wild parties. How much was it? Uh, a couple hundred grand. Wow. Okay. Then. Over the course of time. Um, not all at once. Uh, this is also the 80s, so a lot of the current financial uh, regulations they have don't exist. Okay. Liz finds out through somehow, I don't know how, okay. that the bank is going to be audited in a couple weeks. What? She, she somehow <laughs> she, finds out. I don't know how, because most banks don't know when they're going to be audited. Right. Like, That's supposed to be like a surprise thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are audits you know about, but, okay. uh, but like the big ones and everything like that, like you know about them and you need to get ready for them. You don't tell people shit. Right. No, that's a, <laughs> that's very privileged information. Yeah. So 
Uh, she knows they're going to get audited somehow. Okay. And uh, she's like, oh, no, this they're going to see where these funds came from. My fake name is on them. I'm the one who went to get them. I'm the one who programmed this. I'm the only one who's going to get in trouble. She didn't wear a disguise when she went and got them? Apparently not. What? What? What's the point of a fake name and all that if know. you're just going to walk in there as I yourself? There's so much wrong with this. No, you have a fake name, but you don't have a disguise, but you're the programmer who created all of this. Oh. You're the only one who knows this account exists. Why, like, why not get like, oh my God, she's sticking all of her fingers in this pie. Yes. She literally this set up the account. She, yeah. She could have had someone else go in there. Yeah. Disguise. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, she, she's putting all of her fingers in this pie that she said. Hey, if you give this to me, I can put all of my fingers in this pie. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. And they're like, no, it's fine. You won't do that. And she's like, okay, I did it. Oh, my God. That's... God damn it. Yeah. Now, she wants out because she's the one in trouble. Guess what, bitch? It's too late. Resmussen and Three have said no. Okay. They're like, we're, we're not letting you out of this. You're not, they you're not blaming us. Yeah. They, they're not going to lose anything. Right. So they said no. You're in. So she typed a letter detailing their full plans and gave it to her lawyer. Okay. In a lockbox and said, if I don't check in every Monday by this time, publish it. Okay. Like, take action on this. And then she told Threve and Roz that. Okay. Like, I gave them this letter. Yeah. If I don't check in, they're going to do something. And they're like, okay, um, how's your mom doing? They kidnapped her mom. <laughs> wait, wait. She doesn't, does she have any proof that they're involved? Um... No. Because she's doing just all word. the work and just, just word. handing it to them. Yeah. So if I were them, I'd be like, I mean, you could do it, but uh, you can't touch me. At the worst, like, you're going to get me audited by the IRS. Yeah. And, which, oh, who, no, my billions of dollars that I have from this company that I own. What's another hundred thousand? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Okay. So they kidnap her mom. They kidnap her mom. They're like, we're going to kill your mom if you don't give us that letter. Just like Batman v Superman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when, when Maylong is talking to Liz, right. they say, you need to get us the letter tomorrow morning. Okay. So that's why she looks so distressed when she left the office. Uh, incidentally, I believe, though it's not explained, that she is employed under that fake name. Okay. That's why I couldn't find record of it. That's why, that's why Martha couldn't find record right. of her working there. Okay. I think. It's not explained. Do we, so that was before she did all this scheme, right? Right. Right. Which I don't know if they then... It's not explained. I'm guessing they <laughs> let her go yeah. under her real name and then hired this fake name, which is just her. Okay. 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 But I, ugh, oh my God, it, this is bad either way. So yes. either you were working there under this fake name uh -huh. and then you use the same fake name that you're employed under right. for this joke, right? or you set up this whole joke account with that name and thought it would be smart to use that name for employment. Yes. The whole thing doesn't make sense. I mean, she's just like her mom. Like, the apple doesn't fall far <laughs> from the tree. That's very true. That's very true. They're both fucking stupid. <laughs> so, Malin's like, well, we're going to give them a fake letter. Because they're absolutely going to kill her because they have to now because she knows. Okay. She doesn't. Like, right. Unless they tell her that she's been kidnapped. So... Liz then comes up with this, which says the letter can't be faked because it was typed unprinted on this specific machine. <laughs> and back in the day, that was as good as a signature. So if they faked it or typed it on some Did other she machine. she tell them that, though? She used the computer in Roz's office to do it. But does he know that? 
I don't. Yeah, yes. Yes, he does. Why? Because she told him. Why? Because she's a dumbass. <laughs> Holy shit. So if they fake it, Roz is going to know. This might be better than one little mistake. It might be. <laughs> There's only one solution. Malin has to find out where Martha is and Liz has to stay put or her mother is dead. He says he will help her and that his only fee is that he can sleep at her place until nightfall. Okay. He hadn't slept last night because he was reading about computers. Or no, last night was the night Martha was kidnapped, so he was worried about her. The night before, he was reading about computers. Okay. So it's been like three days since he slept. Malin says that he hadn't, uh, this is before he goes on the water, but he says he hadn't slept in days and he doesn't have the time to drive back to his hotel room to sleep and then come back because uh, they're a little bit away from Frisco. She drives okay. in for work. So he goes to sleep. Uh, he wakes up at night and I didn't really talk about this before, but he's very much the gentleman. He's always dressed in a suit with a white shirt. Very, very good manners. Like basically Kingsman stuff. It's really interesting. Okay. He's like, so I'm going to go now. And she's like, you're not going in that because your shirt practically glows in the dark. Right. So she gives him a dark gray sweatshirt and some blue jeans. And she's like, if you ever have to like run or climb a fence or something, you're not going to do it in a suit. Wear these blue jeans. And he's I like, mean, they're, they're never going to fit. He climbed in through a second story window mm -hmm. in a suit. Yes. Probably fine. Probably. He's like, these clothes are never going to fit. They fit. <laughs> okay. That's as much dialogue and interaction as we get about the clothes not fitting. It says <laughs> okay. they are never going to fit. They fit. Is that supposed to be a statement? I don't know. On self-image or... I don't think it's supposed to be anything. Okay. <laughs> but now he's dressed in uh, a gray sweatshirt and blue jeans. Okay, so he's the fugitive now. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. As he leaves, she says, what can I do? And he says, well, you can't come with me because they're going to call you to make sure you're still there. Right. Otherwise, they'll think you scattered and they will kill your mother. Okay. So you need to stay here in case the phone rings. And she's like, okay, well, do I, do I wait? What do I do? And he has a line which I really enjoy. Uh, he says, sleep if you can. If not, drink scotch or pray. Survive in your own way. I cannot know what's best for you. It's okay. It's a very interesting line. I like that survive in your own way thing. We cut. Martha wakes up with her hands bound, dizzy and nauseous. There's a line here that says, well, of course she's nauseous because dizziness and nauseous go together. She has trouble remembering at first, but eventually she realizes she's been kidnapped. She says out loud to the room that she has to go to the bathroom. And a voice behind her says, eh, it's down the hall. She's like, well, I can't do anything with my hands bound. Would you mind? So he cuts her hands loose. Okay. And she goes to the bathroom. He stays outside the door. Uh, and then she comes back. She sees a man in a red shirt, mostly unbuttoned with a gold medallion. Okay. Total pimp. We then cut to Malin uh, as it starts to rain. He is driving. Uh, Liz had given him a map to Roz's place as well as Threve's apartment. Okay. And he figured he should start with the house. Uh, it's the biggest. It probably has the most place to hide somebody. He crawls up to the house, afraid of his silhouette on the whitewashed stone, and enters through a back patio door. So he's going total hitman here. Pretty much. And just like sneaking in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, a cat hisses at him, and he literally makes a cat sound and starts to purr, and the cat headbutts him and is like, oh, pet me. Nice. Yeah. So a big thing here that he's mentioned a couple of times that I didn't think was going to be a big thing okay. is that he loves languages. Okay. Languages are his thing. So he's polyglottal. He's polyglottal. Uh, I would say he's omniglottal because he's right. talking to the cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, at that moment, a light comes on and Madeline looks up to see the barrel of a 22 pointed at him. Roz had found him. 22. It's a 22. <laughs> 
Come on, dude. Yeah. You pussy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Martha is now seated on the floor in the full lotus position where she had been for most of the day. So she was kidnapped, right? Then he went right. to bed. Mm-hmm. And this is the next. So this is most of this day. Most of the next day. She gets really thirsty and, and the kidnapper gets up and goes to the fridge. She sees he has a six pack. She's like, hey, do you mind getting me one? And he says, no, nah, I don't want to waste it. Right. And she at that moment realizes, oh, he's going to kill me. She doesn't ask about Mayland. It makes a point of this. She does not ask about Mayland for fear that they didn't know he was involved. Okay. She's so proud of herself one, for that. <laughs> she fucking better be. Uh-huh. That's the one goddamn good thing she's done this whole book. Uh-huh. We got back to Malin later that night. Roz is pointing the gun at Malin. He says, if it isn't Mr. Long. Uh, Malin says, uh, yes, now can, can I stand up? Roz is like, sure. And he takes a step back, which I appreciate. Okay. Uh, to put distance because he has a gun. Right. Which is very smart. Right. If you're holding a gun on someone. Yeah. Firearms are long range weapons. I, you don't need to press it up to someone's back. I loved that so much. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. There's some posturing here of going back and forth. And Roz fires the gun just as Malin dives out of the way. Okay. So Roz exhales and pulls the trigger. And at the start of the exhale, Malin realizes what's happening and he dives. Right. Um, there's a whole hide and seek sequence here. That basically Malin escapes upstairs, tears the light switch out of the wall. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> escapes into a um, crawl space. Okay. And Roz follows him upstairs, clears the area that he's in, and then goes to the crawl space door and shoots through it a few times. Okay. And then opens the door and then systematically starts firing in different places because he can't see inside because it's night, it's raining, right. and but there's no light. Meantime, the, the neighbors are like, dear Jesus, get the police on the phone now. Well, uh, there's a line later that because it's a thunderstorm and everything and it's a 22, Malin says, I had never knew, known a gun could be so quiet. Yeah, no, that is true. 22s are not very loud. They're not. And it's thunderstorming. And he, yeah. he does live on a big ass property as well. So there are neighbors, but. Okay. That part was very well thought out. Kind of, but if I heard a 22 in a thunderstorm, I would know a fucking 22. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the question then is, do the rich kids who live next to him know what a 22 sounds like? Which, uh, yeah. They may, they may not. We don't know. Or or care. Yeah. It's like, I yeah, guess he's yeah. shooting a 22 on his property. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I'll let it slide. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Okay. So as he's systematically firing down the crawl space, because he can't see, he's kind of covering left, right, left, right, left, right. Malin is lying down, kind of crouched. Roz shoots him in the right shoulder. Okay. Clipping his collarbone, rendering his right arm useless. Okay. So basically went through, tore out, came out the, like out here somewhere and made all this stuff not work. Roz hears a sound behind him. Okay. And he turns and Malin recognizes it as the sound of the cat. Right. Roz fires and the cat goes silent. So he killed the cat. He okay. killed his own cat. Okay. Because he could not distinguish it from a man, I guess. W- was it his cat? It was his cat. Oh, I thought it was a stray. Nope. It's Roz's cat. Okay. His name was Blanco. He was white. Nice. Yeah. Mayland, when Roz's back is turned, Malin manages to uh, dart downstairs and then run outside. Um, okay. Roz kind of sees him, senses him go behind him and turns and like fires but misses. Uh, and then when Malin gets outside, he disappears into the woods. Okay. Roz doesn't follow him. Roz leaves his house, gets in his car and drives off somewhere. Leaving Martha? We hadn't found Martha. 
Oh, that's right. I was thinking she was in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Mayland passes out in the woods from blood loss. Okay. In the middle of a rainstorm. So he's fucking dead. One would think. Eventually, he wakes up and he makes his way to his car. Uh, he's a bit in a crisis over what to do because he has followed all of his leads except for going to Threve's place. Okay. He goes to Threve's place. I don't Logical. know why he had a crisis there. I don't, I don't know. That's, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's working. I don't know what's going on. All I have is this one lead. It's, yeah, it's like, all right, there's these three apartments that they could possibly be. And then after checking two of them, he's like, God damn it. What do I do now? <laughs> That's exactly what he does. Yeah. So the man with Martha, uh, it is three, but we find that out in a minute. Okay. Pulls out a tape recorder and demands Martha tell Liz that she's okay. And to follow whatever instructions she's given. Okay. So, you know, like a hostage state. Right. I'm okay. They didn't hurt me. Yada, yada. Martha refuses. He beats the living shit out of her. She had living shit inside of her? She did. Now she doesn't. Oh, my God. Yep. That's the interesting part of the story. Exactly. They don't explain it. He eventually gets tired of beating her and, like, turns his back to her and leans against the wall. Okay. And she grabs the tape recorder, which is on, like, a little string, like a wrist strap. Okay. She grabs it by the wrist strap, swings it, and hits him in the back of the head. Which knocks him to the ground, but doesn't knock him out because yeah, it's a plastic no, tape recorder. It's plastic, yeah. Which they also mention. Okay. Specifically that it knocks him to the ground, but doesn't knock him out because it's a plastic tape Even recorder. knocking someone to the ground is like, eh. I don't know. If I got beaned in the back of the head by a tape recorder, I may stumble a bit, especially if I'm already tired from beating the living shit out of someone. <laughs> yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah. He beat her until he was tired. Yep. And that wasn't enough for her to like. Then he turned his back on the unbound hostage. Yeah. <laughs> He he just sucks, I guess. He shouts, I'll kill you, and strangles her. Okay. Just as the door opens and Roz's face pops in, he looks at Martha and says, Jesus, Threve, what did you do that for? Oh, what's up, Threves? You strangling a bitch? Sorry, I'll be back in a minute. We're meant to believe here that Martha's dead. Right. I didn't get that at all when I read the book. No. I was very confused by what happens next. <laughs> okay. Yep. Letting you know. We cut briefly to Elizabeth, who was thinking about Madeline Long, and she's basically staring at his shirt and thinking that he gives her hope. It's a weird few pages. I don't understand May Long's connection to them. No. He basically said, hey, I've told you. Hey, I'll help you find your daughter. Hey, I'll really help you find your daughter. Why? Hey, hey, daughter, I told your mother that I would help her find you. uh, So now I'm going to help you find her. Like what? But why did he decide to do that? Because Martha has the towel. Oh, that's right. Doesn't come up again. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Taoism. There's a little bit that's explained, but. Taoism is a thing. Taoism is a thing. Taoism is religion. Yeah. There's Taoism, Buddhism, and another So, one. I guess Tao is related to that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> Fuck this line. Malin is now driving on a rain-slicked road. Uh, the rain's cleared up, but it's now wet. Um, with only one usable hand. He arrives at Threve's apartment, which is described as, quote, a white, impregnable virgin of a building. Why even say it that way? Having no windows on the ground floor. End quote. <laughs> That's despicable. That's fucking filthy. I hate that. This, <laughs> there's one other thing that happens, and we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, that's in a little bit. So, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, th- so, here, here's, here's the note. So, he was shot in the right shoulder. Right. Making his right arm useless. Right. So he goes to the back of this building, okay. finds an unlocked door that leads to a garbage room. Why are all their doors unlocked? Uh, you have I'm, a hostage. He stuffs his, quote, useless left hand. Okay. Left hand. Right. 
Oh, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> it hit me. Yep. <laughs> okay, his useless left hand. So his left hand is now useless. He stuffs okay. it into his pants pocket to keep it from moving around. Okay. Picks up a garbage bag and walks into the building with it. Okay. He takes the elevator to the correct floor, and as he's getting out, someone uh, shouts to hold the elevator. He obliges, using the bag to cover the blood stains on his sweatshirt. Okay. So he, I mean, he'd been shot, he's been bleeding profusely, so he uses the bag to kind of like hide that. Uh, he drops the bag outside Threve's door and forces it open. Inside, he doesn't find anything, but stares at a wall of mirrors that Threve has for some reason because it's the 80s. Right. And sees his own reflection with his left hand stuffed into his pocket. He picks up a paper with a couple of Threve's old addresses on it. With his right hand, (laughs) which is, so, so, so we're still consistent within this inconsistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuffs it into his pocket. He gets into his car, looks at the paper. One of the addresses is close by. This is the most bullshit contrivance I've ever seen. Yeah, it's out of nowhere. They just wrote down these addresses. (sighs) He arrives at the building. He knows it's the right one because it has Rosman's name stretched on the outside. Why? They're stenciled on the outside. Why? This was one of his old, uh, he, Ross owned a lot of companies and this is one of his old company headquarters. Okay. But it's basically just a shed somewhere that he used as a building. So it's not operating anymore. No. Okay. If you're going to keep, uh, if you're going <laughs> to keep a hostage. Uh-huh. Don't keep it somewhere that you own? Yeah, maybe not. These people are such amateurs. Yeah. Like, I mean, they are. If you're going to break the law, you need to take every precaution to distance your identity from everything involved with the crime. Exactly. Like, well, I don't know why. He's cocky. Very. Roz breaks in. Uh, I'm sorry. Maylong breaks in. Okay. I was confused there yep. for a second. Nope. To find the building empty. But the sink is damp. Okay. And among some other graffiti on, on the wall in the bathroom... There is uh, a Buddhist symbol for nothing, which is basically a giant O with a dot in the middle. Okay. Drawn in lipstick on the wall. He looks at it and he's like, they went to Target. Apparently, Threeve didn't check the bathroom after Martha had used it. That's... Because she graffitied a giant lipstick circle on the wall. Back to the amateur point. Yeah, okay. He left her alone. He left her alone. He didn't... (laughs) He didn't search her because she had lipstick. Yeah, he didn't search her. He didn't check the space, even though it's on the fucking wall. Like... Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Yep. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not knowing where else to turn. So he knew she was there, but now she's gone. Okay. And he, now he's out of leads. He drives to Fred Frisch's house. Okay. Which he found uh, and wakes him up. It is now 2.45 in the morning. He tells him what happened. Fred luckily has a merit badge in first aid as a Boy Scout. Uh, so he cuts the sweatshirt off Malin and completely cleans the wound. Okay. Just take the bullet out. It, it, there is an exit wound. Okay, so it went, it went through. Yep, through and through. Okay. Uh, so he, he unbandages. There's a, whole, there's a part where Fred goes to put a cold uh, compress on the wound. Yeah. And Malin doesn't realize what he's doing because he's so exhausted and tired and, and bleed, drained of blood. He grabs Fred's arm and bruises it just by grabbing it. Okay. Fred freaks out and Malin's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And Fred's like, okay, but I'm going to have to do that again. But now you know I'm going to yeah, do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> so Malin... Takes his punishments with what as he will. Okay. He's cleaning the, the wound and he's like, man, your bones look a lot like dragon bones. That's <laughs> interesting. There is a comment where Malin weighs about half as much as you would expect. Uh, and there's a, a comment that says um, it's almost like his bones were hollow like a bird's. Uh, okay. I but mean. That's speculation. I think the majority of a human's weight is in muscle, not bones. Yeah. So, like, it wouldn't be half as much weight. I'm saying. He'd be like 30 pounds lighter, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
I also, uh, that's an interesting thought to me that dragons have hollow bones. They would have to. Never, never thought about it. If they're going to fly, they have to. Yeah. Uh, Malin passes out. Okay. He wakes up and Fred basically says, hey, I'm going to go with you. Uh, we need to type that letter on the specific machine. So we have to go to Rosman's HQ. I forgot about that shit. Yeah. So in the car on the way, they talk about types of people. Liz, Liz wanted to be a wizard. Someone who the rules didn't apply to. Uh, 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 what? See, but there's other type of people who want to be unicorns. What? <laughs> and the only explanation given is, well, something about virginity, but virginity is not my crowd. What, what, are, what are they talking about? And then there are people who want to be dragons. They want raw power. They want to be able to do what they want when they want. Is this a tabletop game they're talking about? I'm saying. Are they, is this the clansman ranks? I, <laughs> like, what are they talking about? They're just, just types of people. No, no, that's not types of people. You're, no, some, oh, he's some, a he's a fucking wizard. Some people that dude's think, a dragon. Some people think the rules don't apply to them. Some people are virgins. <laughs> I, those, those are the two distinct classes of a people. A virgin is not a type of person. It's a person who has not had a specific experience in their life. I mean, that is not a classification of personality. But the, but but there's also dragons who are who are people who want raw power. They want to do what they want when they want it. Dragging these nuts across your face. I'm saying. <laughs> You ever heard about that Mind Goblin game that's coming out? No, I have not. Mind Goblin D's nuts. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Malin says Chinese Imperial dragons are, are different than other dragons. They have five toes. Wait, okay. All right. Hold up. Wait, don't, don't, doesn't everybody have five toes? People do, yes, but not dragons. <laughs> I'm so confused. So, 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 so he's talking about the actual dragon. He's saying, okay. he's saying Chinese Imperial dragons are different than other dragons because other dragons want raw power and they want to do what they want when they want. Chinese yeah. dragons have five toes uh, on each foot, which distinguishes them because it allows them to hold a pen to write poetry and to read a book. That, but is he talking about people still or is he talking about actual dragons? No, he's talking about literal dragons. Why, how did that jump from people to dragons because dragon is a type of person right <laughs> but, but so there are not. people there are people who want to be dragons no i mean maybe in this conversation that's, that's the that's the flow of this conversation uh, is people want to be dragons dragons want raw power and malin says well not all dragons are like that this is the most like meth fueled conversation i've ever fucking heard the only thing that i can get about this book is that it was written by a scottish guy because his last name is mcavoy who wanted to be chinese i guess that's the only thing that i can understand about this book and i don't even know <laughs> if that's true but it doesn't make sense. so the flow of the conversation right is there's different types of people one of the types of people is a dragon okay because they want raw power and they yes, want to be brutes i got that but malin's like yo not not all dragons are bad like that not all dragons do that. Like Chinese dragons are learned, for example. They they, okay. they want information. They want to learn things. Uh, hashtag not all dragons. Hashtag not all dragons. And Fred says, well, don't they still eat people? And Malin was like, yeah, sometimes. But people also hunt dragons, too. Oh, my God. He's trying to justify murder now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they pull up to Roz's headquarters and they find a third shift working that they weren't expecting. They didn't realize that. Uh, they go to the guard, who Malin recognizes as having a native Mexican accent, and Fred uses a lot of big computer words, saying they need to fix um, fix what is happening now, or Roz will lose all his money. They need to hack into the mainframe. B basically, Malin offers to translate to Spanish, and Fred's like, no, 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 I need him confused. 
Oh, okay. okay. Uh, the guard relents and says, you can go in, but on your way out, I'm going to search you. Right. Okay. Now we come to a scene of old computer drama. It is vague enough that I don't know exactly what happened, but specific enough that I don't know exactly what happened. Okay. <laughs> uh, all I know is Fred recognized the model of computer, um, but didn't know how to work it. So he figures it out and finds a copy of the actual letter that Liz printed on the secretary's computer. Evidently, she had forgotten she saved it there. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's lucky. These people are fucking. Yeah, they're dumb. Also, I don't know how to use this kind of computer. What? Well, he's like, he's like, I don't know this specific model. I've never used it, but I sell computers and I program computers. So I'm pretty good with computers so I can figure it out. I mean, and then he instantly does it. (laughs) Their, their, their GUI is all pretty similar, right? Back in the day, was it? I mean, this was, this is eighties. So I don't know, but 83 is when this was copyrighted. Maybe I'm spoiled and I mean, we are, Yeah, let's be fair, (laughs) Uh, especially in computer technology, but, um, but yeah. So, uh, so that's really lucky. They found the letter. So he and Madeline leave. And as they go, the dard, the, the dard, the dard, the guard frisks Fred, uh, and looks at Madeline and Madeline says, uh, you know, tengo nada. <laughs> Just, I don't, I don't have anything. Right. Yeah. And the guard says, yeah, look real, which means, yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> okay. Never mind the fact that they did. And he's a terrible guard because they had the letter. That's true. Uh, uh look real actually means I believe it, but uh, a letter, like it's paper. Mm-hmm. So that you wouldn't like feel it frisking someone, would you? If it's just a single fold, might make of a paper. crinkling sound. Depending if you on fold how fold it really well, I yeah. don't know if it would make sound. Depends. It, it, yeah, it, it depends. It depends on everything. We're not given any specifics. Fred drives this time because he's like, "You're you're about to like pass out again from blood loss. Like, let me drive." Right. And there's a part here where Mayland is so proud that his Citroen is an automatic, but he's not sure if Fred will get used to that. But Fred takes off, and because he's a quick learner. Okay. So apparently in the 80s, automatics were harder to drive than sticks. <laughs> okay. Mm. I, d- I don't know. That's not my, that's not my area of, ex- none of this is my area of expertise. I've never heard that about automatics. Me neither. They drive back to the shop and Malin tries to ditch Fred by taking the keys from Fred. And then as Fred is unlocking the door, he tries to get in the driver's seat and drive away. But Fred kind of catches on because he realizes Malin is behind him. So he opens the passenger door and starts to get in. And he's like, you're not leaving without me. Right. And Malin's like, I am. And he uses his right arm again to push Fred out of the car. So I'm assuming the author is just settled on his left shoulder and arm being useless now. For now. Okay. For now. (laughs) Okay. Malin drives back to Liz's apartment and climbs through her window to find Ross holding a gun to a bound Liz. Malin says, why would you kill us? He says, why would you kill us? Like, it's a fine line between theft and murder. Right. Uh, Roz says, oh, yeah, no, you're right. But my partner already crossed that line. See, I didn't want to. But I mean, there we are. Martha's dead. Right. Yeah. There's some posturing now. Um, What now? Where will you go? What are you going to do? Et cetera. The line literally says, why would I tell you? And he says, because you're going to kill us anyway. Why not? That's the author's justification for why he monologues. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's not a good justification. No. The plan is to take Rosman's yacht to a city that has a port where Threve has a Cessna, an airplane, that they will use to escape. They're going to take Malin and Liz with them for the first part uh, and then dump them in the ocean tied to cinder blocks somewhere. Which ocean? Off of the yacht. Will she Um, be able to tell which ocean just by looking? Well, Martha's already dead. Okay, that's that's right. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't have to worry about it. Right, okay. Yeah. I feel like she's alive and that's going to be a big part at the end where she's like, where are we? Oh, we're in the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) 
He guides Malin and Liz down to the car and tells Malin to get in the trunk. Malin says no, and Rosman starts to strangle Liz. Then Malin says, hey, there's no need for that, and then gets in the trunk. <laughs> Just get in the trunk. Do it or don't. What the fuck? Ross pistol whips him in the back of the head, because why not? Yeah, good. Yeah, I've, I, he kind of deserved that, if I'm being honest here. Malin wakes up to the bumping and jostling of the car. Uh, he says in his weakened state, he doesn't think he could break the lock. And Liz is like, well, no, it's steel. You can't break the lock. Right. He's like, yeah, I have a few tricks up my sleeve, but but not now. Until Roz pulls a hard turn and throws Malin into Liz's arms. They are linked for a second. And in that second, Malin starts to laugh. He punches through the lock with. The what? what? <laughs> he, he punches through the lock because he's horny. <laughs> The power of horniness overcomes all. He's like, hey, yo, and his boner just explodes through the roof of the <laughs> fucking. Is this the, the, the secret story of the founder of BadDragon.com? Maybe. 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 We don't know. He tells Liz that he's lived long and gotten his fortune through gold. So now the trunk is open, but Roz is driving so fast that if they were to jump out, they would die. So let's chat. So let's chat. While the door is like. <laughs> flying yeah. in the breeze. Yeah. They they test it where they try to open it a bit to jump and Roz accelerates. Okay. And instead of falling out like they should, uh, they just sit back down. Okay. Because he's now going too fast. I feel like I would chance jumping out. Same. Because one is certain death. Yeah. And the other is you have a chance. They've already said they're going to kill you. Yeah. Also, I'm assuming the trunk has like a carpet on the bot so rip that up wrap yourselves yeah. in it yeah and jump out yeah <laughs> you would think or wave down a cop or i i don't know just do something yeah he also it also says that he he runs red lights and everything so like he's not stopping to give them a chance so that part's out that's really stupid if you have people in your trunk yeah. to blow lights and they mentioned that he never obeys traffic laws if he thinks he can get away with it Okay. And apparently he can get away with it. I mean, there's a, he gets lot away with of, it. there's a lot of people like that, so. Which true. Yeah. Not me. I'm a good boy. Oh, me too. He tells Liz that he's lived long and he's gotten his fortune through gold. She asks if it was oil. He says, no, it was gold. Okay. All Liz ever wanted, he had. The ability to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Which is what they called a dragon before, but they said she wanted to be a wizard, so I don't know. Uh, also, couldn't she just do that before? She didn't have the money to facilitate not working. But she got a bunch of money from the, the account thing. Yeah, but she spent it because she had to party. <laughs> Not explained. She kisses him. Why? And he responds, no, no, no. I'm in love with your mother. <laughs> That's a turnoff. So. Wow. They're thrown together. He gets horny, punches a lock. She's like, I love you. And he's like, mm, not today. D not today? It sounded like not ever. Not until your mother dies. Ugh. No, he didn't say that. But this is so fucking yeah. loony. Well, the reason is because she fulfilled a prophecy about him. The mother. Okay. Yep. He would lose all his possessions in search of what he wanted. That's the explanation we get. Okay. They brace to jump. But at that moment, Roz accelerates uh, to a speed that would kill them if they attempted it. Malin says, hey... You remember Fred Frisch, the computer guy? Yeah. Uh, he saved my life, and he's pretty cool, and he also had a crush on you, which I forgot to mention he did say that. Fred said that. Okay. Like, I used to have a crush on Liz. Nice. He's hooking her up. So, yeah, he's, he's playing wingman. And Liz is like, oh, okay. That, oh, God. 
so, so fucking awkward. I wrote here in the notes, I have no idea what I just read. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Something about a prophecy. A uh, prophecy exists that th- there was an interaction earlier where Martha, right before she disappears, she gives a rose to Mayland. Okay. But it doesn't explain anything about that. And then later it says she fulfilled the prophecy because she gave him a rose. Right. Doesn't mean anything. There's no explanation. She gave me, she, she gave me a rose. My prophecy is He's fulfilled. never been given a rose before? I think it's supposed to be symbolism. But it's shit. And yeah. I'll explain that in a second. Okay. Fred, in his apartment, gives up cleaning his bloody couch cushions and determines that no, he will not go quietly. He will follow Mr. Long. He has the tape from the recorder that Long had stolen from the, uh, the shed Martha escaped. Yeah. And he plays it, and he takes it out of the machine. To the police, I guess. We don't, get, we don't know. But that tape, he, as he listens to it, is the recording of Martha being beaten. Because she's okay. supposed to be saying, I'm fine, yada yada. And Malin found that tape, stuck in his pocket, and then gave it to Fred. Okay. I skipped that part, too, because in the rest of the drama, it didn't seem... Yeah. I didn't think it was going to come up, because nothing else comes up. <laughs> That's very odd. Yeah. Back with our kidnapped duo, uh, Malin lifts Liz and throws her into a bush on the side of the road using only one arm. Uh, okay. Roz drives out to the marina and parks and gets out, bracing a pistol at the trunk. Threve joins him, and Malin steps out. There's a scuffle, uh, and Malin says he's only here to verify that Threve did kill Martha. Roz knocks him on the head again and ties him up next to Martha's corpse. That is already weighted with a cinder block. Okay. Only, as Malin looks, she's alive. Yes. No one else has noticed. He wakes her and he says, hey, I have to ask you a question. I should have asked you when we first met. I love you. Is that all right? That's uh, okay. Is that all right? That's the question. Is that all right? (laughs) That's the prophecy ending question. Also, he woke her up right in front of everyone. Later, they come from another area on the boat. So I'm assuming they left, but I don't remember it saying that they left. Okay. So yes, she says she loves him too. And she's so glad. And he is so glad that he breaks his bonds with a single swipe, including wrenching his broken wrist apart. What? (laughs) With his useless arm, he breaks, like he just pulls his arms apart and breaks his bonds. Oh, so his arm is like in pieces now. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Threve comes to see what the ruckus is, and Malin grabs him by the throat and snaps his neck. Okay. Just like the junkie. Just like the junkie. Yep. Then Roz appears with, uh, with his gun. Malin says, you don't have to kill anyone now. The only death here is on my hands. Martha's alive. Right. Martha ties up Roz. Roz gives up. Okay. We cut to later. Indeterminate amount of time later. Martha and Malin are talking about Liz. Uh, she's out without bail because she had turned herself in. Malin's call to the police earlier when Martha disappeared, combined with Fred's uh, story and the tape he recovered, along with Liz's testimony, showed good signs for her to avoid jail time. That's bullshit. Yeah, no, that you, you still did a crime. <laughs> you still did a big crime. Fred and Liz click together, uh, and we get Malin's story. See, he's a dragon who sought truth. He sought what it was to be a man. And throughout the years, he had many teachers, but one specifically said that when he found the answer, he would lose all he had. That man died, and Malin woke in the morning in human form that he currently possessed. And now he's treated that human form like shit. Now he's treated that human form like shit. They live happily ever after, I guess. I don't really care. Yeah, he's going to need a he's gonna need a prosthetic for his, his yeah. left. I also, I think when he broke his arm, or when he released his bonds, I think his arm switched to his useless right arm again. <laughs> it did? Yeah. Okay. So it went from he was shot in the right arm to most of the book having a useless left arm to then at the end having useless right arm again. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Um, so that was tea with the black dragon. The, <laughs> the part in the trunk where he's like, no, I'm in love with your mom. That's the funniest after, after shit. You ju- That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. It's just so fucking awkward. There's so much wrong with this. He's going to be like her stepdad. Yeah. And the- <laughs> oh hey, my I've, God. Hey, stepdaughter. Stepdad, I'm stuck in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, stepfred. No. <laughs> Poor Fred. Poor Fred. Hey, Fred gets a girl in the end. We don't know that though. Um, You're right. He's just like, you should talk to him maybe. Yeah, but he has a rocking mustache. That's good. Yeah. That's Fred's character's mustache. Okay. <laughs> that was Tea with the Black Dragon. That was a very incoherent mess. It has something to do with the prophecy. A lot of things weren't explained, but it was just assumed that you knew what they were. Right. Yeah. At the end of every dragon of this show, the person who read the dragon must give the dragon a dragon. Our dragon system consists of five dragons. The first dragon is called Dragon Paper. The book is only worth the physical dragon that it's made of. The second dragon is a dragon bottle. Don't crack. Keep going. It's better than nothing. And then third, we have dragon manual. Competent, but not necessarily dragoning. The fourth is dragon pick. It's worth buying electronically and or dragonated. And the top dragon we could give a dragon is dragon cover. It's an instant dragon. (laughs) So on Collagon the Black, Mm -hmm. what is your rating for Black Tea Dragon? My rating for Black Tea Dragon, I would have to give it a uh, a dragon bottle. Okay. uh, Because it is not competently dragoned. Right. But it was entertaining. Definitely. Parts of it were very entertaining. Absolutely. I'm glad that I only paid a buck fifty for it at the used dragon store. Yes. <laughs> I love the used dragon store. <laughs> <laughs> Careful though. You gotta go to the right one. Yeah. Wanna go to the good used dragon store if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh it was it was entertaining. There were a lot of editing errors. The author also does a thing when a character is still speaking where he will quote the first half of the conversation, end the paragraph, not end quote. Okay. And then quote the start of the next paragraph, even if they're still talking. Well, that, that's a thing. I've seen that in a lot of books. It's a thing in a lot of older books. Right, right. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> because it is so confusing to see which character is talking. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Especially when he phrases it like he does by then having the, the name of the character, like, said John. Yeah. After three paragraphs where I'm trying to determine who's talking. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated it. But that's more of an editing thing than it is an actual point against the story. Right. I hate this book. <laughs> I was thoroughly entertained by it. It was it was really, really fun to make fun of. Yeah. Reading it was miserable. Trying to keep track of the different plot elements was very challenging. Yes. Because they, yes. they didn't make sense. There is, there's another line I forgot to say where Roz is like, you made me kill my cat. And I'm like, nah, you did that. Yeah, your fucking own dumbass did that. You're, you're. Flick 360, no cope, no scope headshot. Yeah. He hears why, why, yeah, killed your cat. Um, but yeah, so basically, Malin's name is Oolong. Okay. And he's a Chinese dragon who, so this is, this is my understanding of it. Right. He's a Chinese dragon who was given a prophecy that he would know what it's like to be a man, which is by finding love, but it wasn't, he wasn't told that it was by finding love. And 
that he would lose all he had when he found love, which he didn't because he's still rich as fuck and a dragon. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if they mean that you lose all you have. Like when you be, when you lose your identity, and you get married, you become an individual person, like you like two become one kind of thing. So they're like two separate parts of the same whole. I, I don't know if that's what he was going for when he said you lose everything because he didn't lose anything except yeah. a lot of blood. I don't, uh, which he was then fine with later. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand what he was going for there by saying you're going to lose everything yeah. because in the end he keeps everything that he has and gains a girl. Yeah. He, he loses use of one arm for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the arm is as variable as a mole is in a Mel Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just it's a little flip floppy or the hump in young frankenstein yeah that's that's all i have to say about this okay sweet i, I had fun i had fun too yeah this is a good time uh if you want to get in touch with us and let us know how this episode was or any other episode or if you have suggestions for books for us to read you can write to us at a page too far at gmail.com that's a page t-o-o far at gmail.com we love hearing from our editors and uh, we take all criticism and suggestions seriously we also have socials we have an instagram as well as a twitter uh, a page too far uh on those as well we just recently started a youtube channel Mm -hmm. uh, just to make a little bit more accessible for people so you can check us out on youtube we'll check out any comments or you know anything from there we have a patreon uh you know we have a lot of bonus content we just hit the trifecta on our Patreon, too. I say the trifecta, but um, we released so much bonus material this month. Uh, <laughs> we had, like, a bonus episode coming out, which we missed one in September. So we had right. September's coming out part through this month. But then we did a movie commentary. We did a second bonus episode. Uh, we're going to continue doing movie commentaries. Right. Um, actually, yeah. I want to talk to you about that at some point, too. Thank you for your support. If you support us on Patreon, uh, as always, please, if you cannot afford it, don't feel guilty. Uh, right. You know, take care of yourself before take you take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Exactly. But we do thank you and we do appreciate your support. And a lot goes into the show, both time and cost. Um, a lot of tears. A lot of tears. A, a lot, lot of time. Of, there's a lot of tears. There's so many tears. <laughs> especially especially when it's a, the forbidden book. We released that episode. The <laughs> yeah. forbidden episode is out on Patreon. It's, if you want to. Uh, it's done. I don't need to listen to it anymore. I don't need to think about it anymore. It's just, it's out there in the world. If you want to check it out, I, I posted it personally yesterday. Yeah. Cows. <laughs> The book is called Cows. Mm-hmm. Go check it out on Patreon. At, at your own peril. There's a second disclaimer in front of the disclaimer. Yeah. No, we're very clear about <laughs> it in the episode that you should be absolutely certain you want to listen to it. Hashtag Boba Lives. Hashtag Maylong. Hashtag Maylong. <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs>